Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Married Mendo Talk Show. Brought to you by HouseholdStress.com. Yeah, tonight's topic. Your money or my money, your bills or my bills. And as you know, fellas, on the Married Mendo Talk Show, we have a few rules, and they are no profanity, no racial stuff, no politics. And no Bible study. This ain't Bible study. It's the grown man show. We, you know, we're gonna come at you as a as a man, and that's pretty much it. So with that, I'm your host, Mr. Mr. T Hawk is the co-host, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it started. And uh, the brother actually said, you know, the, where we're gonna start tonight. And uh, I'm sure you're all well aware of the government shutdown, and. That's literally the first question that you know that I want to ask tonight is that how is the government shutdown affecting you and your family? I know for me it has no direct effect. I'm a private sector employee. My wife works for the county government, not the state. So directly it does not affect me at all. I went to work today. I uh, had to do my required 8 hours and uh so you know and 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 she did as well. So on both fronts, it, it didn't. It, it's no direct effect, you know, on us. So, but what about you? Did, did uh, anybody have a direct impact? Uh, impacted directly on the government shutdown at all? Anybody? Yeah, my wife. Um, my wife is furloughed. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm furloughed. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm furloughed too. Uh, they called me and they they took the um, well. We kind of figured out how they did it because they said that they took the they took these you know people out of the hat, the names out of the hat, and just kind of just bust everybody they wanted to bust. But then after all of us got together, who was furloughed, we actually found out we were the highest paid on the contract. So they uh, they took all of us out, and they and we found out they're ceiling. So if you wasn't that, if you didn't make that ceiling, then you was out. So they furloughed everybody who made the, the you know the prospective ceiling, and then they they took they told them they furloughed they got to take PTO or paid time off until their leave run out. Then after that they go on uh, leave without pay, if it's still going on. Wow. Hey Rodney. Yes, sir. Go ahead, brother. Question: Is it possible that people can identify themselves? Is that protocol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I just, I just didn't know. My name is you know, Michael Campbell. I just didn't, didn't know that was yeah. protocol. Yeah, welcome, Mike. Some some guys like to stay anonymous, you know. But uh, okay. absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, did you you have something to say? You 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 have any uh, direct or uh, indirect impact? No, I, I work for myself. I'm self-employed, so I don't. I have a recession. I don't even really know what that means. To be honest, but thank God for that. That's what's up. That's great stuff. Anybody else? But what about on the rebound? On, on the rebound, um, or the rewind? Excuse me. What about the sequester? You know, was anybody working on the sequester? Had any uh, ramifications on 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 your family income on that front, or? Just the government shutdown type is where you actually started to feel the feel the hit. 
Yeah, they were threatening um, my wife. Uh, their their department was cluster, but I think they just kind of rearranged funds or Good something. I don't know exactly how they did it, but it, you know they were saying they were going to have to be off, but but they did something and they didn't have to be. But now uh, it's different. Good words, good words. Anybody else? Sequester, government shutdown. Tony, you you gonna say something? No, no, no. I'm good. Now it just it, it kind of makes you go into your. I mean, you always keep your secret pal or your 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 safety net. But that's a safety net that you never want to have to use just in case. You see what I'm saying? So no, mm-hmm. even though you got your you got your safety net, it makes you, you know, even though I'm a day trader, it makes me trade a little more, not at ease. So if I'm trading and I'm not at ease while I'm trading, it I can mess up. You see what I'm saying? So now sure. I'm, I'm trading for the rent. I, I'm 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 real hesitant and and I'll make mistakes and I'm scared and my heart's beating. But if I'm just trading and I don't have I don't have nothing to lose, then uh, and it's more relaxed and everything is good. But now I'm trading I'm trading to eat now, you know, so that's different. Because you don't want to go in that safety net, you know what I mean? You don't want to go you don't want to tap off into that because you never know how long this thing is going to last. What are the yeah, predictions? Anybody hear any predictions of of how long it's going to last? Any predictions yeah. out there? My prediction was uh, it'll be blown over by Thursday, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna go into over the weekend, so maybe Monday, Tuesday, and that's also a prediction I saw uh, earlier. Um, so, but my prediction is was originally everybody be headed back to work Thursday, but that's not looking likely at this point. So yeah, they're all up there acting like little kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm taking my ball and going home. We're not, you're not playing my way. We're going home. Going home. That's right. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, mm-hmm. the, the democratic society is great. This is the downside of it. You know, checks and balances, and, and that's that's the painful part. People's lives are being jeopardized because of political mumbo jumbo. Yeah, always, always, mm-hmm. always. Always, always, no doubt. So, hey, um, I've heard. Go ahead. Right. No, I was just testing. Yeah, we I can call them. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, brother. Go ahead, T.O. So, in this thing we got called marriage, the topic you're talking about, your money, my money, our bills, my bills. Do we really have that discussion now in households where it's like, as far as the bills is concerned, you know, these are your bills, these are my bills, or, or do we all do it at, at one particular juncture where we say, well, let's just accept all these bills? I mean, I don't know what, you know, I think the topic came from Andrew, but when you start talking about dividing bills, how how healthy is that for the marriage? The word marriage means to mix, to merge, to become one, and uh, I think it's—I think it's really—it shows fear, it shows selfishness, it shows a lot of different things. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, very divisive to have that kind of situation, but uh, we see a lot of that kind of thing where you know that's my bill and that's your bill. You know, and you know I'll handle this thing and you got to handle that. You know. Does anybody? Yeah, that's I really common. It's, I, I would say it's. We hear we hear more of that than than people actually pulling together these days. It's a weird thing. Hmm. You know, when when I'm I was out. a kid, you know, you never heard of that kind of thing. But now it's like, you know, I got my job, you got yours. That's your bill. You got to pay that. I found out real quick in a divorce. It doesn't. It, I don't care who bought it, who's responsible for pay for 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 charging it or whatever. It's y'all, Bill. It ain't, well, you know, I didn't get that. Uh-uh. I'm serious. You find out real quick as far as as far as far legally, there's no such thing as your bill and his bill or your bank account and his bank account. It doesn't work like that legally. But while you're still married, there's a lot of folks that operate like that. Mm. I mean, do you think it's a lack of trust? the reason why people still operate that way and they just can't let go and just co-mingle everything? Absolutely. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, but but also, yeah, it has to be. What else could it be? Trust is the ability to... My wife, I don't know much when I got to bank. She knows. I mean, that's just me personally. But I, I, think, I think some people don't even know that that's the way it should be done as one unit. I, I think, you know... Some people have been trained, you know, you got to take care of you. And especially in the society we are today where, you know, a lot of single mother, you know, single woman uh, families being, you know, women having to raise their kids, and those kids come out of that, and it's like, I got mine, you got yours. And I don't even think they have an inkling that, you know, that's not the way it should be done. I had a conversation with one of my one of my boys today, and we was talking about this very thing, and we were talking about, and I, and he he had a girlfriend that um, he's thinking about getting engaged to, but she's so independent and she's so set in her ways that he's like he don't think he can deal with her. And I was telling him, you know, look, man, you know, when a when a woman is single, she has a has to adjust her lifestyle a certain way, so she become more independent. So if you coming in trying to step like you know like you're gonna be uh, her man then, you know, now she can incorporate you into her lifestyle. But if you're just on the outside looking in and hands off and you just getting the booty every now and again, then you can't, she's not going to incorporate you with what she got going on with her kids, her money, her household, et cetera. So he was like, because he was just looking looking at her like, I, I don't think I like the way you do that. Or I don't think I like the way you do this. I was like, well, you're not talking about marrying her, so who cares what you think? But if you're talking about marrying her, now you can incorporate your thoughts and say, you know, since we're going to be getting married, how would you adjust your lifestyle to marriage vice your lifestyle being an independent black woman? They take independency, you know, and they do things their way, whatever fits their scale of doing things, whether they're going to keep their kids in the house until they're 50 or whether they want to blow all their money on, you know, Weed and 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 oodles and noodles. They're gonna do it the way they, you know what I mean. How however they see. Now, one once a man or another person coming into their life, if they're not ready to make an adjustment of marriage, then they're gonna they're not gonna adjust their lifestyle 
but they're not even going to train them just their lifestyle. So when you get into a marriage with a woman and you're trying to get into a relationship with her, she already said in her ways that she's going to have to adjust to, you know, a marriage lifestyle. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the guys or a lot of the women don't trust men because they've been had so many times to not, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm going to keep my money over here, especially since I I don't work my behind off. I make 100000 a year now. And, you know, who cares what you make, but I'm paying my own bills. So just in case you disappoint me like every other man, I still got my nest egg over here that you can't touch. Mm. You know, I'm going to tell you, um, I have a, a relative, a sister-in-law, that's never been married. She's in her mid-40s. And I asked her uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, do you want to get married? And she said, well, um, to be honest with you, I want to get married for selfish reasons. I said, what's that? She said, I just want a guy to take care of these bills. Mm. And I thought, she was Damn. honest. Yeah, she was. She said, she said, you know, I've been I've been single so long that you know I don't I don't want to, to change my ways. I don't want to have to answer to somebody. So the only thing I want to get married for is for him to take care of these bills I got. And that's why she's still single. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But that's out there. And, I mean, as a guy, you know, you know that's got to be out there. I mean, you know, now most women are not going to be that up front. You know, they're not going to tell you that up front. You know, you got to figure that out, you know, from the side. But, I mean, as a guy, you know, moving into that situation, you know, you got to be smart about it. Well, as a guy moving into a situation, trying to get into a relationship with a woman, I think we went over this a lot of times, but a guy go in there thinking about one thing. A woman go in there thinking, have an agenda in mind. Right. So her agenda is you to pay them bills, then right. she's gonna blind you with them with 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 her with her equipment. Right. No doubt. That sounds like a business arrangement. Oh, That's yeah. exactly what I thought, and I thought to myself, "Wow, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow." Yeah, that's a business arrangement. I have a question. Okay. Of the guys that are married, did you have this conversation with your fiancés before you got married? Yes, sir. About how you're going to handle the finances, what you're yes. going to do about the bills, et cetera? Yes, Definitely. Because yeah. that's, to me, that's number one. you got to right. have the conversation with the woman. You have to decide what you're going to do, you know, be in agreement, and then once you get married, you know, see how it works and, adjustments accordingly. I don't think there's one answer to this. It's what works for you and your missus. If it works for you, then who am I to say that what you're doing is wrong? You well, know? the funny thing is, when, when I when I, um, when I I got married to my wife, um, I got really, really um, financially hurt by my ex-wife. Um, she handled all the bills, and I i really didn't, you know, I mean, i just go make the donuts. And um, when I found out what, what actually had happened, uh, I had uh, $19.76 in my bank accounts, plural. Wow. <laughs> I literally had to shut my business down because um, she was on my business accounts and had and, and take 
had taken checks and was writing checks, and I and and it's as a matter of fact, your bank, Tony. I mean, yeah, Tony, um, Rod, right. told me that I could not stop her from writing checks. I had to shut the business down and reopen yeah. as another business. Yeah, because she's a signer. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, <laughs> knowing this. You know, and and going through that divorce, you know, kind of woke me up. Wow, and I mean, that's tough because you're sleeping with the enemy, and that you know that really was difficult. As a matter of fact, that was one of the reasons I was so scared to get married again, because I'm not the type of person to sit there, you know, with a checkbook and check behind you. I mean, it's just not that important to me. You know, but after you go through that kind of thing, you really, really, I mean, you know, it's not what you think marriage should be. Mm. You know, and um, and I mean, she took tens of thousands of dollars. I found that she had set up secret bank accounts. I mean, it was some crazy, frackinackle stuff. But you You know know, what? And um, I literally had to start over again. The weird thing Mm. about that is, you know, um, the way the courts see it, she had every right to take every penny because it was considered community property. Um, yeah, but from the business, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Okay, from the personal stuff, she she le- legally could wipe everything out. But from the business end of it, it was fraud. Well, did you get her for fraud? I didn't, uh, I I just felt like I wanted it over with. And I said, you know, good riddance, you know, choke me. I mean, you know, by the time I had gone through everything, I didn't want to deal with it. And I didn't even bring it into the the, the financial settlements because then it would have been, I mean, all kind of other stuff to prove it. And it just wasn't worth it to me. But what it left was some deep fears and scars to get married again. So did you con I mean, I'm not having but did the subject of a prenup come to the table on your second marriage or did you think about that? That is really funny. Because a lot of times we talk about that on this show and in our marriage ministry and stuff like that and, and so many people you know you know you know, prenup, you're setting yourself up for you're setting yourself up for divorce, not you know. <laughs> but if 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 you come in, especially if you have children and, and things like that from previous marriages, you really have to think about those things. And because so, I mean, I had a good friend of mine got married, married to a woman, going through. Um, and, going oh, through right. Andrew, 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 yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do you like you did that that lady that time. Answer the question. Did you <laughs> the 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 topic um was was I should say not put off the table and it would have been fine, but there was a there was a situation that happened that I didn't feel like I should pursue it. And it would not have been a problem. Okay. My my biggest fear was how do I protect myself? You know, and I'm not going to try to turn this into a Bible study, but I could not marry my wife. I couldn't right. even propose to her. And I literally laid on my bedroom floor for three nights crying out to God, 
asking him how I how how can I trust this woman not to do this, not to do that, basically not to sin against me. And the reason why I'm asking you that, Andrew, because I went through the same thing. So that's why I'm, I'm asking you. I went through okay. the same thing, not trusting the first wife and right. trying to figure out, um, I mean, are all women the same? Because I was just going to run through D.C. and there's just be a, a bash up in here. But that's not the way I was raised. That that That's what I was trying to do, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. That's right, that's right. All right. That's right. Um, and then, in, in, in literally in my prayer closet, the Lord just put his finger on me and said, you, you can't, you, you want to know if you can't, you know, if you can trust this woman not to sin against you, you can't even not sin yourself. That's How are right. you going to ask somebody else not to sin? Mm. And, and the Lord just put his finger on me and said, you know, do you trust me? You know, and, and I'll carry you through. You put your faith in me, not in some piece of paper, not in, you know, what you think. So for me, but I don't have I don't have a problem with a prenup. If I was Tiger Woods, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, a hundred million dollars ain't that much coochie in the world. <laughs> you know, baby, you walk out of here, you walking out with what you came in and and, and fifty thousand. Well, it depends on it, it. It depends on if you're a Christian or not. Like, well, we're not turning this into a Bible study, but no, if, please don't. You know, we're not. We're not. But <laughs> but I'm just saying is. Is is if you got a lot of money, or if you got a lot of lack of trust, and you got you you've been done over through women because you met them all at the club, then you 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 got to get what you're expecting. You know, if you you met a girl on the video shoot, you got to expect her to be a you know certain thing. You met her at a strip club, you got to expect certain things when talking about wife and a stripper. You know, or talking about wife wife and a girl who just like to hang out at the clubs or who like to drink. You gotta look at the whole. But on, on, the, on the other end of that, though, I mean, there are certain situations that you really need to think about protecting. Um, I had children coming into the marriage. Now, um, like I said, I had a buddy of mine that you know was 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 going through a separation and hadn't gotten divorced yet, but they were living separate and and got killed on a motorcycle. All right. And at the time, the, the 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 you know estranged wife had moved out, and he had his kids, his three kids living at the house with him. Well, he got killed. She moved in, and two weeks later, set them and their stuff out. Mm. Wow. Called herself a Christian woman. Well, that's that. Well, that, that's a that's another piece of paper that that involves that. And that's called the uh, help me out, Rodney. How I mean, that's a a, a will. You got to write your will. You know that that'll take that that'll take care of that. You know. Yeah, but you see, in the, the first the first situation, that goes to the wife. All oh, the property goes to the wife. So you've got to set things up so it doesn't happen like that. In right. going into the marriage. You know what I'm you like once I got my separation with my ex, the first thing I changed was my beneficiary. Right. We was getting separated. When we was going through a separation, I changed the beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. That's the first the same thing. Because I said, man, maybe she's going to think about killing me or something. I got to say, hey, she won't get it. It was in, on the table. Right. You know, but you know, and but the, the scary thing is going in, okay, now how do we do it? And the funny thing is my, my current wife, she was so... Um, you know, understanding of where I was 
every time she would spend a dime, she would come in and detail stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and you know now, it's, you know, it's not that issue. You know, it's gone. You know, nine years, but you know, it, you, once you get hurt like that, it's hard. It's hard to say, okay, we're gonna put everything together. Yes, sir. You know, so it, a lot of it, you know, it depends on where you come from. You know, but I mean, and you know, to truly, in my opinion, to truly have a complete marriage, you have to be one with everything. That's true. And mm. if if it was that way now, or even when we got married, see, it wasn't that way. And when we got married, I said, no, we need joint accounts, you know, the whole deal. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but, you know, I, I really think to have a, to really have a, a marriage, you got to be one. But you know what? I found easy enough. We, we got to let them do their show. We taking over. But I, I think that a lot of times women are, if they have a lot of stuff, if they have accumulated a nice nest egg, and they got their own houses, and a man comes, and, you know, let's say he made equal or less, they will be more likely to want to sign a prenup than a woman that comes into the, a relationship, you know, on the other side, you know, if she's lopsided or she's not making that much. She's liable to make so much noise if he asked for a prenup, vice if she was making most of the money, she would ask for a prenup herself. Well, that's the kind of situation, you know, Tony uh, and, and Ronnie, that I sent you that question on. Yeah. Okay. You know, the wife had her house, she had her kids, she had a career, and he's moving into her house. Which is, you know, and and he wants her to put him on on the deed. Yeah. Now he's a bum. That's different. Yeah, that's a no no. Yeah, that that that's that's a bum right What's there. What's a no no? What's a no no? Wait 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 wait. You know that's the, you don't have the, you don't have the whole scenario, and he's he's a hardworking dude. But there was stuff coming in that he had before they got married. If he moved in her house, you said he moved in her house. He did move in her house, but he had his own house and he had other rental properties also. So what why, y'all why? are saying, what y'all are saying is that under no circumstances should you move into her house. Oh no, never, never. What? What if never. she got a five bedroom on the, uh, you know, never. on the pond with uh, acreage and and so no, and you got an and apartment. You sell her house, you sell your house, and y'all get a house together. Well, I'm glad you said that because when my wife and I got married, I had a house and she had a house. Okay. Um, and uh, my house was bigger. She had a daughter. I was, you know, by myself, and and temporarily she moved into to the house that um, that I had that my ex wife and I actually built. Okay, so you boned in that last house, and she couldn't stay in there. Well, my <laughs> my whole goal was um, for us to to actually um, to to um, buy a piece of property and have a custom home built. And that was what the goal was, okay? Um, and it took us about a year to find a piece of property. We actually put a bid in. Uh, we, we knew where we wanted to have on three acres, da-da-da-da-da, beautiful home. And the builder would give a dime. Skipping, skipping something, Andrew. You're skipping something. 
while right. you was in your house, right. and you knew that you and your ex-wife shared things in that house. That right. means your bed was still in there. That means your kids were still in there. And and I don't know if your kids like your your kids from your previous marriage, like your your new wife or what have you. But every time I turned around, my daughter was making my wife upset by saying, "This was mom's favorite seat. This was where we used. This was where, where me and mom used to just sit and watch TV. Mom used to cook this in that pot. Why are you using my mom's glasses? I mean, it was it, in that house. We had to go because it was too much history with my kids, especially since I had custody of them." It was too much history that they would bring up, not on purpose, but right. they would just bring it up in conversation, and it would frustrate my new wife. Right. Well, I, I ran into kind of the same thing, except my kids were already out of the house, um, and that's why um, we wanted to build a home, and I wanted to build a home for my wife, for her to build it, her touches. I mean, you know, we didn't have the same bed and all that kind of thing, and she knew it was a temporary situation until we found a piece of property and this. And um, I, I was in the process, actually, of of, of um, buying my ex-wife out, so I had to refinance the house. I don't know if yep. you all been through that, but it's, it's yep. a crazy situation. Well, I refinanced the house. You know, while it was at the top of the market, had to pay her her, you know, a couple hundred grand and get her went. finally out of everything and da, da da da. And in the next year, we looked for the property, found the property that we we're going to buy, all this kind of stuff like that. Um, Try to negotiate with the builder. He wouldn't give us a dime. We said, well, look, you know, if you ain't going to deal with us. We'll find something else. At this time, the bottom dropped out of the housing market. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And literally, my house dropped almost in half in value. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not sell the house unless I was going to take a bloodbath on it. So we we sat down, we talked about it, and we both agreed it didn't make sense just to sell the house just to get out of this house. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I said, well, look, honey, anything you want to change, that's on you. Whatever you want to do, we'll do until the housing market comes and it's expeditions for us to, you know, to, to build another home. All right, and, and she she was fine with that, and and you know that kind of thing like that. And as you know, it's taken years for the housing market to start to come around. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it was it was more difficult, I think, for me. Okay, um, because I wanted to do that for my wife, and because of circumstances beyond my control, I wasn't able to. Sure. Well, let me ask a question. Because um, someone said earlier about the finances should be discussed while you're dating and while you're going through the engagement process. Absolutely. So let's just let's just use Andrew's scenario and say that there was some uh, lingering debt from a previous marriage. How do you incorporate that link, or do you, or do you incorporate that lingering debt into your new financial situation? You have to. Yeah, I think that as long as you're upfront about it, I mean, it's like having child support there. You know, whatever your situation is, as long as you're upfront about it, and both of you discuss it, and both of you are okay with it, okay, fine. So when you okay. when you get married, okay. right, and uh, you're trying to apply for a house or something, I'm assuming 
you know, one's going to co-sign. All that stuff matters, right? Correct. Legally, it matters. Now, Andrew and his wife, his, his next wife could have said, Andrew could have said, hey, this $10,000, whatever, is my debt. So even though we are responsible for it, I feel more comfortable paying for it, you know, out of my check or something. Now, when I say my check, I use that term loosely, meaning, you know, the check that I'm getting from my company, understanding that it's still our money. Sure. So, anyway. But I, I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, you know, there's always those those kind of things, and, and, you know, when you pull the two families together, there's always going to be some kind of lingering whatever it happens to be, you know. I'm sorry. Did you repeat what you just said, the very first thing you said? I said I agree with what you say, um, you know, okay. because when you blend two families. <laughs> I want you to say it huh? again. <laughs> oh, I agree hey, with you. You got all those issues that you got to deal with, you know, yeah, but yeah. they become our issues now. Let me okay. say you know, my wife, my wife had a 13-year-old when we got married, okay? When I got married to her, I became her father, okay? It is not my wife's responsibility to take care of the college situation and bills that, that quote-unquote, her daughter has because she's now my daughter. Well, why don't the IRS see it like that? What do you mean? As far as writing her off on the tax return? No, no. As far as your, my man just said, you know, if you got a debt that you acquired in your first marriage, and you kind of make a, uh, uh, you said you agree with him when he said, you know, let's make a deal that this ten grand is going to be mine. I'm going to be responsible for it. I'm going to pay it all. You ain't got to touch this. This ain't your debt. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is the IRS don't see it like that. The IRS see, okay, whoever you conjoin to. And if that per if you let's say if you owe back taxes, if the if the woman owe back taxes, she gets with you, y'all file taxes together, guess where that money is coming from? Yeah, well then you don't file taxes together. Yeah, I'm I my my point wasn't that the my point was the debt is legally your debt, meaning if you guys apply for a joint loan, all that debt matters. Right, you just yeah. can't ignore it. Sure. What I was saying was that, you know, Andrew and his wife could make, you know, an agreement that just says, "Hey, even though all this debt might count against us, I am going to handle it out of, you know, my check or, or whatever I was saying." Yeah, opposed to opposed to that, that situation of of the woman looking for to to marry a man and and he's going to take her debt, and that's why she wants to marry him. You know where the where the woman or the man says, "Hey, look, I know this is this is something I've got to take care of. I had you know thirty thousand in credit cards. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this on top of everything else. I'll I'll take care of that. You know, but again, you know, would you would you get involved with a woman with all that debt though? For real? Okay, it depends on what kind of debt it was. If it was and depending on how fine she is, depending on how fine she is, depends on what kind of woman she is. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. Now we, I'm inclined to believe that the men, the the man in the relationship, would be more willing to work with the debt, the pre-existing debt, than the woman in the relationship. 
Uh-oh. I don't see a woman being too friendly about helping you pay off your expenses from your last marriage. That's right. <laughs> I agree. I don't yeah, think I, 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 I don't know. agree with that one. I agree with yeah, that. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be no happy, hunky-dory, yeah, well, you know, um, let's just split that one down the middle. I don't think that's going to happen. That's, that's one of them, like, that's that's your debt. That's your debt. And that's why I asked the question. I mean, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, the uh, textbook thing would be to have that conversation and everybody say, well, I love you. I'm going to do whatever. But it just don't go down like that with debt from, you know, yeah. another marriage, it's, you know. Yeah, but that, that's a part of the conversation, though. Right? Yeah, it, it'd be a quick, it'd be a quick conversation. <laughs> you know, great? that might be a situation. You say, "Well, you need to take care of this," and then you know, then we talk about getting married. Yeah, I mean, but see, but see, what we forget about, right? Most often in marriages, is that it's one pot, right? And sometimes we, you know, we says my pot, her, it's one pot. Mm-hmm. It's one pot. And no matter who pulls out the credit card to pay for that dinner, it's all coming out of the same one pot. That's exactly right. It's supposed you know to be. Exactly. So so when that previous debt comes into the marriage, it affects the pot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, what if what if her situation was so bad that she declared bankruptcy? Mm-hmm. Then, then it she wouldn't be on that. Let her declare bankruptcy, and then it would be on just her. It yeah, just be I mean, on her. Chapter seven. If it's chapter seven, the debt goes away anyway. Right. If it's chapter yeah, 13. but you know, then you can't you can't buy nothing with her. You yeah, can't yeah, buy You can't. You just need her money. You just need her to make the money, and you can just put it under your name. You're good. No, You're good. no, no, no. You have to show her that money, <laughs> and her hey, name has to be on it. No, no, it doesn't. What are you talking about? Her no, name I mean, can be on your bank. Man, you can't you can't go out and buy a house and say okay. Um, you know, we are making X, Y, Z dollars, and her name and and Social Security doesn't go on it. It doesn't work like that. Man, I got no, three no, of them no. like No, but you can't use her income if she ain't on it. You cannot. No, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. You what can you use. Say? What'd you say? Wait, I'm 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 telling. I'm talking from 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 fact, factual actuals. Okay. <laughs> we got, uh, I got you. Hold on. Oh, you can, you can put your name on a loan even if you don't have a job. Yes. You can do that. But, but then yeah, we can, but the Social Security number has to go on there, too. Listen, let me you tell you this. You I'm telling you. Yeah, let I'm him telling you. Let him explain himself. Let him explain himself. Okay. I, I, my third home, my wife is not on either one of them, but she's on all the deeds. Deeds is different. Yeah, huh? but you can't use deeds her to get the loan. Deeds don't qualify for loan. I use her. I, That's I, after I, the fact. I can That's exactly that. right. My wife and I, all the homes we own, um, we own individually because we didn't want to tie both of our credits up with it. And we had enough, right. enough financial strength on each of us to buy them without having to use the income. But if I needed her income or she needed my income, both of us would have to be under the scrutiny of the credit pull. No, it's exactly. household income. If you got household income and it's exceeding your regular bank account or, or exceeding your regular salary, and and she making money too. I can use her her amount that she's bringing in as part of the household income. No, you have to put her on it to qualify for the loan. You got to prove it. You got to prove her income. You just can't say this is household income. So where's it coming from? 
Yes, okay. Who's that income, and then you yeah. have to put her on, and if she's got a bankruptcy, that's going to be a problem. Now, well, Darren, I don't now, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Andrew. Now, Darren, is it a stated income loan that you're talking about? No. Okay, because a stated income loan, that may be a fact. But yeah, if it's one of those FHA regular loans like Andrew's talking about, everybody got to come with docs, man. Everybody got to come proving what they say they made. Right. And the stated loans ain't the same as they used to be before the, the housing crash. No, exactly. I don't even know if they have them anymore. Okay, um, you know I I own my own business and and I have several homes I bought with stated loans. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, okay. With that, with that kind, maybe the kind of loan you're talking about, you're right. But with VA, you don't have to do that. Well, that's a different situation. But, I mean, if you're going to go a conventional loan, you're going to walk into BB&T and say, look, I want to buy this house for $400,000. And they say, well, what's your income? And he said, this, well, where did that income come from? You oh, have no to- doubt. Oh, hold on, but here, here's another way. Here's, here, let's, let's assume that one party has a bankruptcy, right? But right? That, party, that party's income isn't needed to buy the house. And you don't put them on the loan. You can put them on the title, but they don't go on the loan. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you can add somebody to the title even after you bought the house. That's correct. Okay. But if you have to use her income or his income to qualify for the loan, you've got to tax, w, tax forms, and their, their credit pool is going to go on there. And if they got crappy credit, it's going to be a hard way for you to go. Yeah. Okay, because they what middle me, though, four. is if if they if you are not using their income, right, right, you're saying you can only put their name on the deed. It can't be on a loan, even on the loan. if the loan is, is holding someone responsible financially. The deed is ownership, but the loan is holding someone financially responsible. And the bank or the lending institution is going to scrutinize that person to see if they're, they're if they can do it. The, they're going to pull the middle score, you know, and whatever the middle score, you know, that's what's going to be. And if her score is terrible, it's going to drag you down. Now, so so here here's what I did just recently, right? And I hope I'm remembering this correctly. So <laughs> my, wife, my wife and I just refinanced our home, okay, because rates dropped. Right. I wasn't working at the time, but her income was enough, you know, to cover the loan. Right. And I'm almost positive that my name is on the loan. I think probably her is. If, if, her, if her income was enough to cover it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. Matter. So, so my point is, though, I'm on the loan even though I had no income. That's right. what I. I'm not right. sure. But you had good credit. Exactly. If you had a bankruptcy, if you had a bankruptcy, she wouldn't have wanted you on the loan because the either you wouldn't have qualified for the loan or the rate would have been jacked up. Right. Okay. So you don't have to have income to be on the loan. If your if your wife makes enough money, you can do that. Now it doesn't really make sense to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because. If you if you were not on the loan, she would have qualified anyway, and that would have freed your credit up to do other things, to qualify for other type of things. Yeah, my you see, credit. now you are just as liable as she is. 
with the credit, it doesn't go, okay, well, they own a home, it's a $2,000 payment, 1000 for him, 1000 for her. It doesn't work like that. They look at it and say, the whole 2000 is for you. The whole 2000 is for her. Yeah, and but to the way the credit we for are. You to do other things in the future. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. No, I was saying with our house, you know, we wanted both names on the loan, I believe, even though hers is first. But anyway. Yeah. It's still... It's still natural property. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could have worked that. Just like he said, you could have put it all in her name and put yourself on the deed because you're the husband. She'd be financially responsible for the loan, and then you could have taken, you know, your income once you got it back, and then you could have bought an investment property and done something else. That's you exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a whole a lot, lot of ways. A lot of things you can, actually today have rules that you can only have so many homes. Okay, I know with BB&T, uh, you can only actually own five homes. Yeah. So we spread that out using our, our credit individually so we wouldn't run into those kind of limits. But both well, would, why would you get both all your homes under one bank? I mean, say what? I'll, I'll have all, all my homes under one bank. You know, you know, I don't well, Darren, that's because he's using the best bank in town. That, that's what BB&T stands for. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, but you don't have to have you you don't have to have all your loans with one bank. When they pull your credit, they look at how many properties you own. Right. Right. Whether you have all your properties with one bank or not, it doesn't matter. When they pull a, your credit, they see what you have. And right. a lot of institutions these days, especially after the the banking, you know, the 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 the, the housing crash have limits like that on investment pieces of property because they don't want to be held in the bag if things go bad for you. Right, okay. You know, I know yeah, this yeah. personally because I, I, I'm in it. You talking about rich people yeah. problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Darren, Darren is uh, working his way up to uh, home number five, right, Darren? Yes, sir. I'm yeah. just messing with him. <laughs> yeah, but y'all say, I want to... I want to drop a monkey wrench, if, if I might, um, because Andrew says something interesting, and he said you are just as liable, you know, for the the whole two thousand, um, you know, in the little scenario there, and we're talking about uh, debt and, and 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 crappy credit, the housing crash. What about in, in situations where there's a job loss in the household? I think you know somebody might have mentioned that, but. Is that, you know, we're talking about your money or my money, you know, your bills or my bills, but when there's a job loss in the household, does that whole concept when, you know, if the wife is going out, you know, making the bacon and you're, you know, uh, temporarily unemployed or you're going to school or whatever the case may be, does does the wife almost look, you know, almost have that persona that, you know, that, this is my money, honey, you know, and I, I give you an allowance or, you know, I give you a stipend, a monthly, you know, a stipend or whatever. But what, does that does that arise more when, when one when one of the spouses is, is out of work, you know, this whole your money or my money business? It didn't it didn't come into play at all in my situation. Mm. Because let me let me let me tell you what, what, what my wife and I decided if I if I may elaborate for a second. Go ahead, we bro. Now, when my I'm just I gotta go back a little bit. Now, my parents didn't have a good marriage, right? My mom always told me she never knew how much money my dad made a year. They had separate accounts, you know, blah blah blah. 
So you know, no wonder their marriage didn't last. So, you know, I talked to my aunt and uncle, and I basically took what they did and pulled it into my marriage. What they have is, or and this is what me and my wife have, we have two separate checking accounts, right? But mm-hmm. our names are on both accounts. So they're, they're our accounts. You follow me? Her, her her check goes into her account. My check goes into my account. Now, again, I'm using mine loosely, right? I mean the account that has my name on it as a top, the account that her name has on it as a top. I manage all my finances with Microsoft, sorry, with Quicken, right? So it's just money in a pot. I pay the bill, you know, whether it comes out of her check, my check, it's a household bill, is getting paid. Right. If if I'm looking at the numbers and we're getting low, I'm like, look, you got two hundred dollars left in your account. Don't spend any more money until you, you know, till the next paycheck rolls in. And she's like, cool, fine. So we we work like that. No, we don't live paycheck to paycheck. I'm just saying that's how we do it. Okay. Um, so when I lost my job, nothing changed except now we had one check. Right. So we said, all right, our lifestyle was never built on, you know, having two incomes. So when we fell to one income, we still paid all the bills, so we were good. So nothing really changed. Let me ask you, how long were you out of work? How long were you out of work? I was out five months or so. Hey, Ms. Cameron, I had a a severance that was like six months that I just banked it, right? I said, we're going to bank this. And we're gonna live off your salary. You know, I had to go in it a couple times, you know, to get some money, you know, to pay Amex or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, that that was our deal. Now, now here, now here's my situation. Before, you know, talking about our, our our money, my money thing. Before I got laid off, I bought my wife, you know, a brand new car. Like two months before I got laid off, right? <laughs> I could have paid cash for it, but I didn't. Right? Interest rates were too low. Blah, 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 I, I decided not to. So even though, you know, the money for that car is being paid out of our pot, I, I like for it to come out of my check because it felt like I was buying it for her even though it's still one big pot. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when we, when I lost my job, you know, guess where that money had to come from? It had to come from her check, right? But as soon as I started working again, I'm like, all right, it's coming from it's coming from from my check again. So again, it sounds like we have two different pots, but we don't. It's the same pot, just two piles sitting side by side. Can I ask you something, Mr. Campbell? Your name, your your name, Mr. Campbell, right? That's talking. No, yeah. this is Gary. This Gary, is Gary, okay, bad man, it's Darren. I want to ask you something. Did mm-hmm. you when you when you stopped working? Mm-hmm. Did your wife get a little jazzy with you, or a little you know, a little mouthy like that's why you ain't got no job, or you can't tell yeah. me? Did she get a little? Did she get a nah, little? My wife, my wife's not like that. I mean, my wife is one of the. I mean, for guys that know me, I got to have a sweet wife to put up with me, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I got you know, I got one. I'm not even gonna lie. I need to say this a little lower. I got one of the best wives in the world. I hope she don't hear me. <laughs> but not serious. You know, she's a good woman, right? So that I mean, how many women can I say, look, 
don't spend no more money. And she's she's never like, this is my money. I'm gonna do what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? She's she's never she's never once said that, and I've never once said that. Mm. So that's good words. Mm. That's good words. That's good words. Obviously, I'm of the it's our money type. I mean, that's that's my philosophy. It's our money. Her debt is my debt. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Now that's good. That's good. That's 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 what you call a power couple. They got an understanding. Now, is she is she a sister? If if what now? Is she a sister? Yeah. Yeah, she got a little Indian in her, I think.
and that works for some people. But what I think needs to happen is is the two people, the man and woman specifically, and early on should talk about uh, the foundations, foundational issues uh, such as money because uh, money is said to be the number one cause for marital dissolution, and I would say it's the inability to speak uh, in an adult fashion about money. But money certainly is is a huge uh, separator. But good words, sir, and uh, welcome, Mr. Solutions. I like that. Um, but you, the first thing you said was separate homes. Could you elaborate on that, please, sir? Absolutely. It's very simple. Uh, and let me just get, get, say this. I recommend that most men who, who are really serious about this issue uh, go to blowmeuptom.com. And this is uh, Mr. Tom Likas. I don't know if you guys have ever, ever heard of him. But he's back on Internet radio. And the reason I mentioned Tom Lycus, uh he's a self-made multimillionaire, and he talks about the male-female relationship on a fundamental level, I think, more forthrightly than uh, virtually anyone else I've heard. Everybody else kind of kisses up, licks it around the edges, and just uh, is a complete failure at having this adult conversation. But what should happen is, and I agree with Tom on this particular point, both people should maintain their domiciles. Uh, Usually people stack up or move in together because both of them are failures, okay? And they don't have the uh, wherewithal to manage their own place. Let me tell you something. I talk about domestic violence. I've, I've worked in that area. I've done counseling in that area. And if you have your own place, domestic violence is virtually unheard of. Why? Because the default position is to go home if things aren't working out. And so when you force two people in one place and, and there's a scrap or whatever, a disagreement, well, the person wants to be separated from you. And if that's the only place you live, um, you know, it's it's going to be a fight over that. You don't want to go. But I, I hope you guys see the sense that I'm talking because what happened. Now, Robin Williams recently had to go back to work because of divorces. And divorces are probably worse than death uh, <laughs> to, to most people because, uh, you That's know. very true. Yeah, many times one can never recover financially. So that's what I mean by having your separate domicile. It is simply being sufficient and independent enough to love each other uh, because a man and a woman should be together only for good times. F that working on something. If if, if you got to do a lot of work on a relationship, you all are mismatched. You're not with the compatible person. So we need to have, I believe, open and honest conversations about something that we've been too scared and, uh, to a larger degree, too immature to really broach. So Hi, that, Can I ask you a question, Mr. Solution? Sure. Can I ask you a question, Mr. Solution? Hello? Okay. Um, first of all, are you in your way now? First of all, are you married? No, 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 I'm not. Okay, now, now. But now, wait second. a minute, before you get off into that, I, I want to ask you, do you understand the sense of what I'm, I'm talking about solutions. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm no, 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 well, I'm talking no, about this. 
I'm talking yeah, about solutions. I'm talking about solutions, and obviously what we're doing isn't working. Okay, so what, what I'm saying to you, I'm asking this question for a reason. The reason why I'm asking this question is because, you know, I can I can only talk to somebody or if you if you was living that way, I will be glad to understand how in this world can you call yourself a married man or woman and your solution be I go home after we finish having sex or going out <laughs> No one's gonna allow. Here's okay, well, let me answer that because your questions are not hard questions, first of all. Let me assure you of that. Okay, right. great. What, what, you know somebody, you know a group of people that their wife and them live in separate homes and they have a perfect marriage because they got two different households. Well, do you want to re- reference the 50% divorce rate? What about those people? Well, we, we, we can reference that, but I'm talking about the people that you're talking about. Okay, well, what I'm saying is this. I'm not saying that you that, that, that you can't stay over, that you can't spend time with the person. I never said that. I simply said maintain your domicile. That's we're all talk- I said. We're not talking about rich people here. We're talking uh-huh. about normal Americans. <laughs> oh, okay. hey, you're making his point. He said it was two failures. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Solution. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk over anybody. You go ahead. You go. You go. You go. Now look. This is what you call the antecedent. This is the underlying factor. Uh, What we should be talking about is is people who are capable of having a, a healthy relationship. And it's just like if one doesn't have any money. I was watching a, uh, a documentary today about a person uh, uh, commuting uh, across the country for free, and I just it was it was rather interesting. Uh, virtually, what it shows is you really need money in a capitalistic society. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm saying is, is people need to look at how important it is for them to be financially uh, responsible. Uh, financially founded, or what I would call solvent, and 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 because otherwise you're just going to mess it up anyway. And I know we like not we we, we do not like to look uh, at the tragedy. Like a lot of times they'll show people dancing and everything on TV on alcohol commercials, but they don't show the carnage. They don't show the cars split in half and upside down. And this sort of thing. And the same thing is true with relationships. Uh, and, and that's what I call going into a relationship blind and stupid. And so all I'm saying, and, and we're talking hopefully transparently. Yes, is sir. That, absolutely. Excuse me? I said absolutely we are. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so thank you. So two people should realize and not be in a fantasy world. Because you're going to be awakened uh, shortly. They should realize the pitfalls that can eventuate. And so what we're talking about here is we're not talking about people that are filthy rich. You don't have to be filthy rich to maintain your domicile. You just have to be industrious enough. And I'm saying that is the greatest help in this modern day society because people are very independent. People are people want their space. 
And so moving in with somebody, I wouldn't want, I certainly wouldn't move in with a woman. And I wouldn't want her to move in with me because there are legal ramifications. And we need to talk about that aspect, too. Because what will happen is if you get taken into court and you haven't prepared along these lines, you will regret it. Amen. Well, let me, let me, I want to make a comment here. Hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I just want to say one thing, and then I'll let you guys comment. I, I will say that I have a female listener right now, Miss Solution, that says she sent me a note says she likes your thinking. She likes your thinking. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, she's a lady and a scholar, I might add. Ask her if she's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and the thinking sounds great, and the comments sound great, but when it when it when it speaks to a more permanent relationship like marriage, I would pretty much lose interest at someone that tells me that they want to remain, keep their own location. Yeah. I mean, because I'm I'm not interested in, in in moving forward to a serious relationship with someone that's going to keep an escape route. That's right. And when, that's when you all that is. Your own your own place. Does that mean? set up for you to go back and live anytime you want or just hey I own this coming in we're not going to sell it off what do you mean like is it going to be rental property no no he he yeah. said he she can go back there whenever she want to just in case things ain't working out that right. night I, 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 I mean Mr. Lucian crib Right. Mr. Exclusives may want to answer that question and explain himself. But I would say this. Yeah. I think I, I don't I don't disagree with his thinking. I, I disagree with his thinking on some lines. And so here's what I would say. It sounds like for me that the couple he's describing never leaves this kind of stage of courtship. Because ultimately courtship is you living in yours, me living in mine, and we're making a decision whether or not we as, and I disagree with the language of failures, but I would say two incomplete people make a decision to come together to complete one another. I, I mean, right. I think that I think that he's kind of he's suggesting this perpetual stage of courtship, even throughout the duration of the marriage. And, and I, I don't know if I agree with that. Here's he's not talking say. about marriage. He can't be talking about marriage. Talking about living in two different households or well, having. He's, he's, again, he's ta- he is talking about marriage, and I'm saying. And I'm saying that I think it it becomes a I, I don't I think it I think it on some level depending on your definition of marriage it defeats the whole leave and cleave the two becoming one oh, no doubt. idea. No doubt. Um, yeah. But it, but for me it's this perpetual stage of courtship and the problem I have with that is is that during courtship oftentimes people play dress up during courtship. Mm. In other words, you know people are not really raw and themselves. During courtship, it's pretty much like our relationship becomes a, a Saturday night relationship. In other words, every day throughout our relationship, I'm dressing up to be this person because we never come to the place where we live together and you see that I put my socks on the floor and leave the toilet seat up and you know what I mean don't don't you know don't wipe the toothpaste out of the sink in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And I'll never know that side of you until we come together. And if you're saying let's live separate, then we're always going to be having this kind of dress-up relationship. So, you know, and if that's what somebody's looking for, that's fine. But I think depending on your definition of marriage, you, you need to have a, a really a weighted conversation about what that means and, and what that is. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. But this is what I would say to you, and hence the reason we're talking about this now. And, and, And what I'm about to recite to you is us. All right. There are more single people in America today than married people. And this is the sure. first this has been true for about uh, several years now. And this is the first time this has occurred in American history. And the reason for that is we have independence of women. Women are no longer dependent on men for their survival. And our laws have changed to accommodate uh, that public pu- public policy. And so what I'm simply saying here, two people who maintain their domicile and have and can have adult conversations, which few people do, okay, are in a better place than two people who move in playing married and end up in that 50% category. See, where I have a problem, if, if, if I sit down and, and talk with a financial planner or anyone else that's a professional, and they refuse to look at both sides of the issue, and I don't want to deal with that person. We've got to take the whole of this reality in, into perspective and not just, you know, look, look at this with, uh, you know, rosy-colored glasses. We need to look at the divorce rate. The divorce rate is high. Do you think most people go into a relationship saying, oh, I'm going to get divorced? No, they go into it stupidly. They go into it, well, let me put that uh, more euphemistically. They go into it unaware. But that's a a problem. And so all we're saying here is maintain your domicile and have these adult conversations and you will be close. No one's saying you can't stay over sometime, she can't stay over, but you guys get the best of each other and never the worst. <laughs> you know, a woman once told me one time, she said, she, she says, uh, uh, guys come and go and girlfriends stay. And I reflected upon that. I said, hmm, that appears to be true. Allow me to analyze this. Uh, which I did privately to to get a picture of what she was saying. Well, the reason girlfriends stay is because girlfriends only get together when? When they want to. They only get together for enjoyment. A girlfriend, uh, in this particular scenario, is like the spare tire in a car. It's not out on the road hitting the curbs, the railroad tracks, the potholes, and this kind of garbage. That's the reason it stays fresh. And all I'm telling you, within the context of our current environment, our people's attitudes generally will not allow them to stay in one tight-knit place with each other. Uh, We used to do experiments with rats, and we would put them close together, and they would end up fighting uh, because, uh, in a way, familiarity breeds contempt, in a way. And so all I'm saying is, let's look at the whole picture, and there's nothing wrong, as I repeat myself, with two people, and I like this, with two people having adult conversations, maintaining their domiciles, interacting with each other as much as they want, when they want. 
And then, of course, if there's a if there's a dispute or some, you will never call the police. The police will never come out in a domestic dispute. Why? Because you have the default of going home. Well, Mister 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 um um. Well, you, does that make sense? Does what I just said make make that any makes, sense to you? For that makes sense. Yeah. Let me let me tell you something. That makes, makes a lot of sense. That makes okay, sense. That's all. All right, please. Let's hear your. Hold on. That makes sense on Mars. That does not. <laughs> Men are from Mars. Men are from Mars. <laughs> okay, but that's why it makes sense on Mars because the only kind of relationship that I work in I can see is a is a gay relationship or a um. A relationship with two people that just want to be single and never well, get. Why, why you got to bring the gay thing in? I'm telling you what it sounds like. I'm just, just my opinion. Can I get my opinion? I'm just Go saying. Go ahead, Darren. Go ahead, Darren. I'm just, Finish I'm just point. saying. The reason why I'm saying is because there is no risk in that, and there is no growth in that, and that's but all. Notice, that's all types. Huh? Notice, Mr. Sol- Notice, Mr. Solutions thinking though. He talks about going to a financial planner, and from that standpoint, what financial planners do is minimize the risk. So you're absolutely correct. Financial planners, their their job is to minimize your risk. You know, right. insurance people would tell you, we're going to try to make sure that you have the least amount of exposure. And remember, when he started out, the foundational point was when you get divorced, it's hard to survive it. And so ultimately what his solution does is minimize the risk, one, of domestic violence happening, two, of the divorce rate and the damage divorce causes. And so the intent or, or the outcome of that solution is to minimize risk. So Growth and it's, that not necessarily to, it's not necessarily to nurture a relationship. It's to minimize risk, and if I take the risk out of it, I'm more prone, you know, to accept it. But that's when you that's and when you're looking at that. Excuse me for saying this, but that's a person that's not really, uh, not really ready for growth. I mean, because you don't you gonna grow. That's self. That's a selfish minded person. To in my opinion, I might be wrong, but in my opinion, you don't. Hey, I don't have to be here. Or, I don't have to hear you talk to me like that. Or, hey, I don't have to work this out. I can go home. Now, what what strength is in that? Nothing. There's no strength or growth in that. I beg to to differ, sir. Uh, What's in that is is peace. That's what it it seems to me that you are committed to the struggle. No, I'm committed committed to bettering myself and doing it the right way to my religion and or according to God. Yeah, let, let, I'm not let committed. Finish, let to, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but see, the thing of it is, so am I. First of all, I'm a, I'm a certified Bible teacher, actually, uh, but also we don't ride donkeys anymore. Uh, we we don't live like first century believers. Uh, things do change. I'm not saying minimize the growth in your relationship. You all can spend as much time together as you want. In fact, what I'm trying to do is to minimize the collateral damage that I know is a clear and danger. Uh, I'm not. I, I, I'm not just going into it. Um, uh, how, how should I say? Um, with credulity. I, I, I'm not this overly hopeful person that just, you know, believes a fantasy. It's like I said to you before, we need to take in the whole picture, not just the part. If you don't believe in a fantasy, then can you tell me one relationship and tell me 
in a marriage that worked like this. Do you know anybody who's been happily married for 70 years and they live in two separate households starting from the beginning? Well, well, first of all, see, you're not being fair. I just told you that the U.S. has taken a turn vis-a-vis relationships. Now, you can go to the Pew Center, Pew Research Center, and the U.S. Census. There are more single. First of all, marriages aren't working for people anymore. That is, the traditional marriages are not working for people. Now, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a, 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 a substantive change. All I'm saying is, like the gentleman repeated, and I wish I wish more of the guys would speak up. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just making what my are you point. About? I love oh, this. We want you guys. To, we just try to get in. We just try to get a word in. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we just we just we've got to look at something that works. And traditional marriage is not working for people. The divorce <laughs> rate is over fifty percent. Now, people who lived seventy years ago. Uh, they were under a different contract. They were under a different social contract. Uh, mostly women didn't work at that time or they didn't work in society. There were laws preventing women from wor- working and competing with men. That's not the case now. So all I'm saying is we need to look at the failure, we need to look at the whole picture, and try and draft something that works. That's all I'm saying. And, and and I think I think you I think you made several good points with solution. Let me ask this question: Are you are you a proponent for uh, premarital counseling? Oh, and not only premarital counseling, continual. Because okay. life is complicated. Why does the president has a have a cabinet? Because he has to refer things to people that are important that he's not an expert on. Yeah, you talked about um, the 50% divorce failure, which we all know to be a fact. And then we also talked about someone maintaining their own residence while dating. Um, and then another brother said that that with that state of mind or that principle, there's no way that you can ever grasp legal cleat. So, so going into a a engagement situation with the fact of, and I think I said this before, with the fact of that you are going to have a a fallout shelter, which is your own place. How can you ever ever move forward into matrimony? How can you ever really take that marriage serious when when the when when the first problem hits, you run. you've got the green light to go to the left or go back to your familiar safe place. Instead right. of staying in it and trying to figure out how to work through it, which is what's called marriage. Well, that's not but exactly. But, but, but Tony, I think I, I think to to Mr. Solution's point, he's stressing the fact that most people are not staying in there, and his his definition, or at least um, you know, fail safe plan, is based on the fact that most people are not sticking it out. Okay, now listen. No, no, no. When you get married, why not just date? Um, you keep your place, she keep hers, and when things you know are tough, just bail out and do your own thing. Why get right. married at all? Well, well right. marriage. Exactly. Let me just say this, Mr. Solution. <laughs> I mean, marriage I agree doesn't. With you, mean, I agree with you with that because that's that's what it sounds like to me. Like, don't even do it. 
Right. Marriage doesn't mean staying in the same house necessarily. Look, we're talking about a spiritual relationship. The word marriage, and I'm going to use what marriage really means. Marriage means commitment. Commitment is spiritual. It's based upon the integrity of the two people. Now, that transcends space and time, okay? So two people can be married, and, and, and they can be separated. In fact, many people are. So it's it's your it's your fidelity, it's your commitment to truth, and your commitment to your word. I'm just saying you in this particular day and age, you need to be aware of the time. You need to be aware of of, of how things have changed us. So you we think, aren't our great grandparents by no answer. stretch of the imagination. Remember, they didn't have computers. Uh, right. Just. Uh, Bible knowledge or something like that. So what you're saying is that um, today the Bible is different for today's times? No, 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 no. The, the principles of, that's a good question, by the way. The principles of the Bible remain constant, and that's what principles are. Uh, they they, they are, are sayings of truth. That uh, remain uh, over over time and 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 the space, as it were. Uh, what I'm saying is that we are different people. We operate under different laws. During the time of the first Christians, for example, just for example, uh, they were under what you call uh, rex lex, the king is law. We are under lex rex, the law is king. That's why we claim individual rights. We have constitutional rights, which are very important, by the way. So I, I just think a lot of us have not sat down and figured out where we are in time and space and reality. So does that answer your question? No, Mr. Solution, I just don't agree with you, bro. I mean, I'm, you sound like you know what you're talking about, but when it comes to marriage, you lose it. Because well, I don't think you were the one that asked the question. The, the gentleman who asked me about the principles of the Bible, I was responding to his I, question. I understand what you're saying. Um, yes, okay. But the Bible is quite clear on what a marriage is, okay? And in a marriage, you are to stay in it with your spouse through through good times and bad. You're not to bail when things get tough. Who That's said right. bad? Who, who said bail? Well, when you say when house. things get they tough, go to the other house. you go back to your place and she goes to hers. Now, no, well, no, 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 no. You guys are mischaracterizing what I'm saying. You're misconstruing what I'm saying. Okay, well, what I understood, and you tell me if I'm wrong, sure. um, both of you have your own house that you had before you got married. You continue right. to maintain those houses. You get a house for the both of you to live in as a married couple. When things get Correct. tough or too tough, then one of you moves back to the other place that you've maintained. Now, when you work things out and things get better, then you come back together. If it takes you a month, a day, a week, six months, six years, whatever, that's what it is. And then you just kind of come back and forth as good. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, no, not exactly. Let, let me give you an example, because and, and, and then... You know, you guys can go whichever route you want. But look, uh, marriage counselors will tell people who are disputing, and that happens quite a bit, by the way. Uh, they tell them, go to their separate corners. 
It's harder for most people based on domestic violence rate. We hear some background noise there. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Based on domestic violence rates, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, because you're not referencing what I'm talking about, divorce, domestic violence, and this sort of thing. They tell us to separate, uh, to go to separate corners, you know, to have a cooling off period, even if you're staying in the same house. But what I have found in, in, in studying these situations, it is hard for people to cool off under the same roof. It's often very hard, if not impossible. So I'm just looking, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to develop a solution. I'm not saying my solution is perfect. But I know what we have isn't working, and I think most people who are honest will see that it's not working. So let's so, try that. I know that most two people living in two different houses. That's what you're saying. Let's let's try this and see if I'm this works. I'm saying work. maintain your houses. There's a, in, in in fact, I consider that a, I consider it a necessity keeping your house. Why shouldn't you maintain your house? I don't but, need but a woman's house, and 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 if she's any kind of woman. She doesn't need my house because let me just tell you something else, and I work in the courts quite often. When you get with a person, particularly a man, when you get with a woman that is substantially beneath you financially, you have just put yourself, my friend, in jeopardy because all she has to do is take you to court and destroy you. Now, if you're very wealthy, I mean very wealthy, it's not a big deal. But I find the very wealthy end up protecting them, themselves more so than the ones who are of less wealth and more exposed. Hey, so let, let me let me jump in here for a second. So I know the purpose of this whole discussion is about your money, my money, our bills, your bills, et cetera, et cetera, right? So to me, that's all well and good. But I am not in any way going to treat my marriage as a business transaction. Okay, I'm just not, right? I'm not going to have two households that says my house and your house because to me that is a recipe for disaster, and I don't care what the stats say. I just honestly don't. So let me ask you a question. You said you're not going to treat your marriage as a business? Oh, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. So you can call me naive. You can call me what you want to, but if I ask a woman to get married – and she says, okay, fine, but, you know, we're going to have two separate households. I'm going to be like, nah, I'll get with you. You know, that's just not what I personally want in a marriage because, to me, it defies logic. Uh, uh, okay, I have a question for you when you finish. I'm done. All right, uh, what state do you live in, sir? North Carolina. All right, what you need to do is go to the Secretary of State or its equivalent because they are the ones who issue marriage and business license. And I guarantee you, if you sign a marriage license, that is a business. It's a partnership. That's why in a divorce it is a dissolution or a dissolving of the partnership. So if you don't want to be in a business, don't sign a marriage license because that's his wife. He said he don't treat his marriage as a business. He no, 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 no. He said it's not a business. Okay, but what I'm saying is, in essence, his marriage is a business if, it's, if he signs a marriage license from the state. And moreover, it appoints a judge 
over your marriage. A judge becomes the third party to your marriage when you uh, when you sign a marriage license. Are you aware of that? So I understand that a marriage is a contract. Okay. I understand that if we get divorced, if we don't have a prenup or whatever, we have to split things 50-50 or whatever court decides. I understand that. The point that I'm making is I don't go into a marriage thinking about it being a business deal. Now, if before I got married, if I was a multimillionaire and my wife wasn't, then maybe I'd have a different attitude with respect. Oh, really? Why? Hold on. Hold on. With respect to prenup. Okay. I'm not saying it's right, right? I'm just acknowledging that I might have a different attitude. But for me, what a marriage should be, okay, is two people getting together and building a life together. Can, Can I add one thing here? Because what we're talking about is a marriage contract. The difference is um, there's a difference between a marriage contract and a marriage covenant. Um, And what we're looking at is the legal side as a contract or a business agreement opposed to a godly side of a covenant that cannot be broken. And if you're going into it looking at it as a contract, you better protect yourself. If you're going into your marriage as a covenant and and you decide, you know what, we are going to take divorce off the table and we're going to enter into a covenant, that's a different situation. It's almost like getting into the mob. Blood in, blood out. There's no way out of this. And when you take divorce off the table, it changes things. And if both of you agree with that, uh, you'll figure out a way to work through it. And on the other side of the problem, that's where the blessing comes in, all right? You talked about being marriage counselors and telling people to go to their separate corners. Well, my wife and I are marriage counselors. And one of the worst things you can tell a couple is split up to work on your marriage because it doesn't work. If they move away from each other, the odds of them getting their marriage together is minuscule. Okay, that doesn't mean that they don't need a timeout. That doesn't mean they don't need to go to their sister's house or their brother's house for a night. But to actually have separate domiciles, it will not work. And I've been doing this a long time, and literally hundreds of couples, and if, if that's what happens, generally they will not get together and foster a marriage. Mm. And that's from experience of couples in my living room. How do you take divorce off the table? Well, first of all, when you get married, you understand what marriage is. If you look at marriage as a contract and not a covenant, you cannot take divorce off the table because things happen in contractual agreements that change and you want out. Well, 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 Andrew, let me help you out a little bit. You strip down butt naked. You sell off everything that you had. You get rid of all your 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 independent things, your your house, whatever it is that you brought in that made you independent. And you say, well, now I'm coming into this marriage butt naked, and what we acquire together is what we have, and that's it. Divorce is off the table. It's not an option. I'm not going to have a backup plan. I'm going to cut loose my little black book where I got all my backup females in it, yada, yada, yada. you got to get rid of all that stuff when you come into a marriage. You just can't come in here and say, okay, well, you know, if things don't work out, 
I'll be I'll still be all right. No, if things don't work out, we got to find a way to make them work. That's right. That's if the you challenge. don't find the bridges, people are like water. They'll take the the path of least, least resistance. Okay, you've got to burn the bridges, and both of you have to be on the same the same point. Hey, you know what? This is a covenant relationship. Okay, between me, you, and our God. And you know what? The only way out of this is death. Now, you know, if you take divorce off the table, that only leaves one of three options. Married and happy, married and miserable, and murder. That's it. (laughs) Now, if you don't want to spend time in prison with Bubba, that takes murder off the table. So if you want to be married and miserable for the next 50 years, okay. But if not, then you've got to figure out a way, as Tony says, We've got to work through this, and we've got to learn to communicate with each other so that we're not married and miserable. If you have a back door, when things get tough, you will take it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I would love to respond. I love what the gentleman is saying, but I want to respond to him. First of all, I just looked up the word covenant, okay? It says a binding agreement uh, and then uh, a semicolon contract. So, so a covenant is a contract. It's yes, there's a binding uh, agreement. Hey, I, okay. I agree. And a, and I, a, I agree, but also the covenant can be no stronger than the people who enter into it. But what I would also say to you very candidly and matter-of-factly is this. You have to agree that divorce is not an option. If you give people an out... Things will get tough enough. First of all, most people Andrew, get married. Andrew, 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 you got to let him rebuttal. You got to let him rebuttal, please. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. I see this gets kind of heated, but that's fine. No, uh, we're good, man. <laughs> we love it. We love it heated. We love it, yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Lucian. This is thank great. You. According to George, George Barner, and he does uh, Christian demographics, and he points out that the divorce rate, now get this now, in the church is higher than it is in the general public. Uh-huh. We know that. So something, well, wait a minute. We didn't say that, though. Something is wrong with with the church's methodology. And I think, where's the place? Oklahoma? Oklahoma is known as a... Uh, as, as a as a church place, as, as a church mecca, as it were. And the divorce rate there is very high. So we need to understand, and all I'm saying is, look, look, first of all, I think you mischaracterized what I said. I didn't say they were supposed to go to the Arctic and the Antarctic. I said uh, (laughs) counselors, and I'm glad you are one, tell men and women during a heated discussion is that they they should separate, they should, one should leave or, or, or at least remove themselves from the, the, the heated discussion. Now, you, you mentioned go to someone's home or go to a relative's home, and I'm not disagreeing with that, but we do have to have some method of separating the sparring partners because men and women do end up passing blows, actually fighting. Sure. And that's the reason we, we, we have the domestic violence laws, and, and sometimes women throw the first and second blow. Okay, yeah. I'm just simply looking at this realistically, not with rose-colored glasses on. I'm looking at the sewer, 
and saying we need to do something, the sewer of human behavior, as it were, and we need to do something differently than what we've been doing, not just uh, camp out on these idealistic uh, uh, platforms and act as if reality isn't occurring around us. But the platform that you're talking about is idealistic. This is a theory that you're coming up with, and you have no. This is very achievable, sir. No, it's not idealistic. You don't have any. You don't have anything to support what you're saying. You don't have any couples that has done this. You haven't ran through any. I mean, statistics to say, hey, the statistical data between the people that live in the same household against the statistical data that that people that have two separate households. Hey, the people. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to dismiss what he's saying, though, Barry. And I know that it's hard for us to comprehend because we're married and we're living it. But let's just, for, let's just entertain it for a couple of minutes here, and I just want to ask a question. How long in this scenario do you maintain your, your, your property? And how long do you separate once you have an issue in marriage? What are the the time restraints on that? Well, what I was saying, it it depends. It it, it depends on how serious the matter is. Now, look, I believe in proactivity. And the proactivity, sir, is is, is good. First of all, this is a fine question. The proactivity is we're not doing the work to get to know each other during the courting stage and or dating stage uh, to lay a foundation to really have a relationship. That's where the real problem is. You heard the old adage in IT, garbage in, garbage out. So what happens is we're getting people together uh, that really shouldn't be together. They're incompatible. And, 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 And that is a problem in and of itself. So what we're going to have to do is start having substantive conversations on the front end. And that way, find the person that's compatible, because when I get in a relationship, I don't want to do a lot of work. Doing a lot of work means that this person and I are not uh, well-suited to each other. That's mm. what that means. <laughs> and, and I, now, now listen, I, I may disagree. I may disagree. Well, I may see, disagree. what we're talking about here is, is not the clash of the titans, but the clash of the personalities. And what we need is we need to talk about getting personalities that are suitable for each other. Remember, Eve was created suitable. That's a very important word. And we're overlooking the gist and the essence of what makes relationships harmonious. And so yeah. I agree with it 100%. Excuse me? I agree with, I agree I agree with it 100%. Listen, listen. I agree with what he's saying, and let me tell you why. He's not saying anything that we don't talk about with the representatives. He's not saying anything we don't talk about is doing your due diligence to find out who you're going to marry, and half the time that's not being done. That's why we're so surprised when the representative is gone and you're sitting in the house like, who is this person? Because we didn't find out who she was. We didn't ask the right questions. We, we we see what we want to see. We We accept what she presented, but we didn't find out who she really was. Yeah, I will say this. I mean, I think, and I think I asked uh, Mr. Solution this earlier, and that was about you know his his take on premarital counseling. I think the and I think that helps because I think depending on who you have for premarital counseling, you know, one of the key questions you know that that's been raised to me and that even I've raised to couples that I've shared with, and that is, you know, 
are you coming in with realistic expectations? You know, and and I think that's I think that's real. I mean, to know what the expectations are coming in. I mean, and to know, and if you're looking for 100 percent, you're only going to get 70. Can you live with that? You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's I think that's really what Mr. Solutions is saying. Is saying that we have this adult conversation, and I'm looking for 100 percent, and you only can give 70. I need to make a tough decision on the front end to say maybe this ain't the one. Now the reality is is that you're probably not going to get 100 percent out of any suitor that comes your way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the question becomes, how much are you willing to give, and how much are you willing to take? But I think the work is sometimes in the marriage that. Yes, even in the premarital counseling, they said, hey, I'm going to give you the 70%. And then you get into the marriage and find out she only got 50. And, and, and let me buttress that just just a, a bit, if I may. May I? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, well, one, one of the main problems here is, is, is this, and it's a weakness on the part of men, again, to face the truth. That That's a real problem. Um. A website called myfreecams.com. It's myfreecams.com. Now, this is very unique in the sense that you have very web- attractive. Excuse me? MyFreeCams? Excuse me? MyFreeWatch?
how they relate to men and how men relate to them. And, 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 and I said to her, if a man wanted to date this woman, she wouldn't want to date him. Oftentimes that's true, too. She wouldn't want to date him because of the uh, avenue that she's chosen. And I could tell you I wouldn't date one of those women. I don't care how good they look. And so I'm just saying to you, in terms of compatibility, we've got to look at what we are creating. And I'm telling you that women can do some things that will put them out of the realm of good girlfriend and good wife material. And I think that is a clear-cut example of that. What do you say? I'm asking you, Mr. Lucian, why are you not married? All right, I'm going to restate it as I just stated. It's very difficult to find a quality woman. You, you know, in Proverbs 31, I think 10 through 31, it says a virtuous woman who can find. But it never said anything about a woman that agrees to live in a separate household. As a <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I think you're beating that to death. Look, I... <laughs> you, you, I, had to, you, I had Let me say this to you man to man. Okay, I was just offering a, a potential solution in light of in light of where we are today in the 21st century, domestic violence, which they say is at an all-time high, and divorce. I was just looking at those. Now, if you know of a better way, and I hope you're in a great marriage, and I hope it never ends, mm-hmm. that's not true for most people. So I'm, I'm just yeah. sharing that with you. That's all. I didn't come here to fight with you. I, I do like to fight with <laughs> issues, though, not people. But yeah, issues. me too. That's why we're here. Yeah, here's my question. Mr. Solution, let me say this. I mean, to your, to your point about compatibility, um, you know, I think that's the number one, you know, when we talk about the divorce rate, I think that's the number one, um, if not, you know, definitely in the top three deal breakers, you know, when we talk about personality clashes and things like that. And, again, most counselors, uh, even in the premarital stage, and I'm just a proponent for that. I believe, look, if you work hard on the front end, you know, prayerfully you'll get the results on the back end. Sometimes it's not the case. But I say all that to say um, that, you know, there are some personality challenges that just come. I mean, and, and the reality is that, again, I think Tony said you get the representative and not the real person. And, and you don't get into the relationship and find out that, you know, she's a nag or, she, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to call it, you find out in the relationship after you said, I do. And I don't necessarily know if that's the, if that's solely on the fault of men. I think sometimes, um, you know, some, some of these women uh, are hiding these quirks about themselves because, again, there is some level of a woman and a man, but more so we hear it about women where a biological clock is ticking, it's time for me to get married. I should have been married. And so I'm going to present him with what I think he wants in order to get the ring, if you will. And I'm not saying that's all women. And please, you know, for those women listening, that listen, I'm not saying that's all women. But I think on some level we all do that to say, hey, this is what I want or at least what I believe I want at the time. And so I'm going to put my best foot forward. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's you know, in essence, I'm, I'm playing dress up, man. And, I'm, and I think the challenge for many of us is we play dress up for far too long going into the relationship and then ultimately can lose out on the back end. Okay, can, can I can I can I can I chime in real quick, please? Go ahead, brother. All right. I first of all, let, let let's clear up this myth about 
the marriage being 50% divorce rate. Okay, let's go off the actual history instead of just 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 blatantly saying that that's the that's the truth and that's what it is. Okay, first of all, a marriage is a godly institution because he created this institution. That's number one. Number two, people take the word marriage and they get they say, okay, let's get married because I like the way you have sex. Let's get married because we can both drink everybody up under the table, and they get married for all their own selfish reasons. Excluding the godly reason that they're supposed to be getting married. Okay, that's number two. Now, once these people get married and they find out they don't like each other, they divorce. Don't under the godly institution that it's supposed to be because half of those half, half of that half get married because they're godly compatible with the person they're marrying, and they know the real reason. They know their positions because because a marriage is about a man knowing his position and a woman knowing her position. Both of them developing and growing off of each other. Okay. Now, when you take these people that get married for uh, uh, for no reason at all because of sex or whatever else, don't cut that with the people who got married under the actual institution that it was supposed to be under. All right. Now, the people that that, are, that a portion of those people are on this phone that got married under the godly institutional reasons. We're not talking about. You know, worldly the reason why the world get married. We're talking about why how God people how God's people get married. The reasons why they get now under those under those conditions, these are the people that know that I got to stick it out. These are the people that know that hey, this is not a business deal. This is a covenant. Mm-hmm. These are the people that know that hey, thick and thin, I'm getting married. I'm going to stay with this wife. She's further developing me each and every day. We got to keep it in that book. We can't look at the other people and the other reason why they get married under whatever conditions they get married under. So as far as your, your views of what the world is, you might be absolutely right. But as far as, far as the, the godly people and as far as the people that know what a marriage is and is supposed to be under God, who don't play around with that, those are the people majority on this phone, or, or that's what we're trying to get to or grab hold of to not get in a, the line of divorce. So yeah, I, guess, I guess that's why I had so many questions towards sure. your, uh, your, your comments and your theories on let's try this thing out, because that would never work under a godly institution. Yeah, but, but Darren, unfortunately, it's, it's all in the same mass. It's all in the same number. You see what I'm saying? Now, if they say marriage among Latinos or they say marriage among Africans or whatever it is, but it's still marriage. And when you say godly people, he also pointed out the fact about the divorce rate in the church. And we know that some churches are different. Some people go to some churches that are cultish and crazy, and their marriages will never work because they take too much, they, they play too much of a role inside the marriage. But we can't separate them from our church because it's the same under the same category. So how do you separate it? How, I mean, do you take a separate census? Okay, well, no, well, these are the people that are, the census see? that he's talking about. When they say, when they ask the question, "How many of you are married?" and they say one hundred and fifty thousand, and they say, "How many of you are Christians?" they say one hundred and fifty thousand. Then half of those people that are Christians became Christians after their first divorce. You see what I'm saying? How many people are divorced? Oh, two hundred thousand. Well, if you ask those same people that's been divorced, the two hundred thousand people that's been divorced, most of those those people are divorced because they became religious in their first marriage, and the other person didn't want to come cross over, and they wanted to keep on doing their own thing. 
But so but you got all of that too. That that's under our belt too. And then gay marriage. Say what? Let me just uh, share this idea just briefly. A gentleman made the point a moment ago that uh, men and women should know their roles. I think, sir, that's the problem. Uh, There are no distinct roles that men and women uh, exclusively uh, have. In the Bible, it is. That's what I'm saying. You're saying. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me just make the point because. If that is the case, no one knows them, and and that's what I'm trying to get you to see. And additionally, we need to talk about That's the whole point of having adult conversations is to talk about the nature of your relationship, your individual responsibilities, your joint responsibilities, not assuming anything, because what does assume do? It makes an, a donkey out of you and me. And so the point is, 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 is that these conversations are not being had. This is a lost generation. The generations that are coming up now, they have no knowledge of what you're talking about. You know and why? They're operating. You know Do you know why? Because their their mother and their father is in two different households. If I were to ask you, now understand this, and and being a researcher as I am, I see this all the time. A lot of people who can do a particular thing can't necessarily explain it. They don't necessarily go together, a person being able to do something and explain it. What I would encourage you to do is talk about the roles of men and women in light of the fact that women have the freedom to get educations, they have the right to earn more money than men. They have the right to buy and own homes. I was, uh, I'm, I, I am actively dating, and I, a lady uh, took me to her home recently, had a very nice home, an immaculate home, and I told her so. Uh, and, and, and so women do own their own homes. Now, it's a challenge. I think she's working to, you know, get the, uh, what, what you call the cash flow, but just understand that a lot of women are working. And if you think you're going to come in and, and assert some sort of authority as a man, uh, first of all, many aren't going to accept that. And I don't know if that's the right approach. Uh, I would think that that's not the right approach. That sounds rather dictatorial, uh, presumptive, and um, uh, totalitarianistic. But I would say uh, what what men and women have to do is talk about what their what the nature of their relationship is going to be, and what their speci- specific roles are going to be, and not just assume that both people know them because the evidence clearly points out that they don't. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, you said a lot. Anybody there. else on that? Go ahead, Rodney. Yeah, I'll just say that, um, you know, that's great words, Mr. Solution. And, great you words. Know, I, I'll just replay, you know, some of your um, some of your comments. And, you know, that was uh, traditional marriages aren't working for people. Uh, people are going into it un- unaware. Uh, you believe in proactivity. Uh, the weakness in men is to face the truth. Men and women should know their roles. And these conversations are not being had with the lost generation. And and that's what you said, correct? 
Well, in in, in part, in in, in part, yeah, they should yeah, know their yeah. roles. And you said something else. Um, Right. We aren't having conversations about how they work through a relationship rather than just right. assume uh, exactly. things, are, things are going to go a certain way. And we have to look at divorce. We have to look at domestic violence. And we have to look at chronic unhappiness because a yeah. lot of people who are in marriages are not happy. Yeah, and, and mm. you said all that. And why I said all that is to say that, you know, that's why you're here. Because this is what we do and have been doing, you know, since January 2009. We've been having these conversations. So our generation will not be lost, at least the, at least the ones that, that we have uh, uh, access to, specifically the ones in our own household. So you're exactly right, you know, with the 50% divorce rate in the church, out of the church. You know, but I always say it's, almost, it's always like looking at the glass half empty or half full. Because, you know, we here on here every week, Tuesday nights, trying to be the other 50% that doesn't get divorced. So we focus on the, you know, we we, we come at it with a, uh, uh, you know, we, it's, a, it's a negative connotation almost on the front end, but in essence it's a positive uh, discussion in an effort so we can go back. So when we hang up this line that I can be a better husband to my wife, that I can be a better father to my children, and I can be a better employee. I can be a better a son, better better uh, brother. You know all of those things. You know through the course of the conversation. So you know you've come to the right place place because you're exactly right. Is that you know it it, it is a lot of work that has to be done. So that's why we do what we do. You know on this on this program and 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 the name of it is married men don't talk because married men don't talk about this stuff. Married men don't talk. Period. But it's an oxymoron because we do talk. You know, we then we talk, and we've been talking for two hours. You know, with no problems. So again, it, I mean, you've come to the right place because we wanna, we wanna, we we wanna go against the grain of those statistics that you've been offering throughout the night. Right, and, and with second and third marriages, uh, it's it's a higher percentage of divorce than that. Those are just with first marriages. But what I would encourage you guys to do, and I'm kind of a freelancer, I'm, I, I like to remain on the outside. I, I'm not a real joiner, although I have joined organizations. But sure. you become you, you you become more or less just a um, an expression of the organization. You lose your individuality. But but look here, this is what I would suggest that you guys do, and this is starting on the front end. Get men and women together, potential men and women that have the potential and, and are interested in having a relationship, and talk about these issues amongst them. Because these issues are so powerful and so counterintuitive. Most people will never discuss these issues. It's easier to have sex and play games and do stupid stuff than to have these kind of hard, grassroots conversations. Yes, and sir. so I would just find out what a woman likes. That's another thing. I have said that most women like Dracula and Satan in terms of characteristic of guys. Now, I'm not talking about all women, but I would say a good uh, 75 to 80 percent of women, they like the drama guy. They like the emotionally unavailable guy. They like the dysfunctional guy. And uh, what I would say is talk to women uh, about the other options, because left unto themselves, women make bad choices in men. 
And then they blame men for the bad choices that they make. So that is what I would encourage uh, to be done. Now, that's not politically correct, by the way. That's Boy, that is truth there, brother. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'll say that, you know, we are actually, you know, uh, you know, right there where you're thinking, and possibly a few steps ahead of you, because we do have, um, and this is on the the other side. You know, after folks have been married, but we are holding a marriage conference um, this month. You know, we're bringing couples in, and you know, just trying to get at because I think you said earlier that uh, money is the you know one of the top causes of divorce, and that's actually false. Um, well, that's according know, to attorneys. They say the number one reason for marital dissolution uh, deals with money. Uh, money is the cause of it. Now, I say yeah. it's poor communication. Possibly. Yeah, that's what I say, so we agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I agree. Say. Yeah, it's yeah. poor communication. But, the, you, you know, another thing is, 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 is that the women, women control the scenario vis-a-vis relationships. Women have an awesome power. Now, men are often scared to admit it, uh, but that's where the power is. Find out what women want, if they want the right thing, because as I said just a moment ago, uh, women generally like drama. There's a paper called uh, Love Lessons, Decoding the Desire for the Bad Boy. That's Love Lessons, Coding the Desire for the Bad Boy, and it's by uh, Natasha Burton. And they use uh, uh, biologists, psychologists, sociologists, and all of them are looking as to why women choose the bad boy. And they come up with some conclusions. And and, and a lot of these uh, interests of women liking the bad boy does not fade throughout uh, women's lifetime. Because if you listen to many women, what do they do? They complain about the guy that they chose. So one of the things that can be done is to tell women to take ownership for the men whom they select Uh, because there are plenty of guys always for women, good guys who would love them, and uh, they may not, you know, be the guy who lives on the edge and and, and does these edgy things uh, who's emotionally uh, available whereas the bad guy is usually emotionally unavailable. In fact, the bad guy is always emotionally unavailable. But remember, women have big egos. They want to change the man. They want to change him. That's a very ego, selfish, uh, and, and, and it never works, by the way. So one of the things that you can do when you're talking to women, find out what they like in men and then kind of steer it in the right direction, say, well, yeah, here's a guy with good characteristics, but, you know, he doesn't have a criminal record. Uh, He doesn't have a sign on his back saying, take no prisoners. And, you know, I'm just saying I think women have to be taught to like the good. I don't think women naturally like good men, and I think we can go all the way back to Mother Eve, who left the perfect man to cavort, with the demon, with Satan. Satan was the quintessential bad boy. And the bad boy lies. They don't care about the woman. They never cared about her. But generally, that's what women choose, but uh, they don't take ownership of it. And oftentimes, even men in the church don't require that women take ownership for their uh, very powerful and determinate actions. 
these are the, some of the things that you could do. And now dating is more important than marriage in a very serious way because it lays the foundation for marriage. Additionally, when you get married or committed, as I like to say, you still need to date your partner. So dating is always going to be an important uh, exercise uh, you know, uh, to lay the foundation for the relationship and throughout a healthy relationship. Do you agree absolutely. with that? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I want to make an announcement before I drop this monkey wrench. Um, that usually around this time, you know, the folks get cut off and things. So if that happens, just dial back in. It's not me. So if your phone disconnects in the next few minutes, just dial back in. But I want to drop a monkey wrench on um, just on the back end of what Mr. Solution just said, and I want to divert just a tad bit, you know, from the topic of the evening. And somebody's got some paper or typing or something, uh, you know. Take, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Um, and my monkey wrench is very simple, and this monkey wrench is brought to you by the. Marriage Communication Challenge brought to you by Household Stress, October 19th. few tickets left, few spots left. Go to the website, householdstress.com. Um, and my, my, my monkey wrench is this, and again, a slight diversion if you indulge me. Um, the question is, your church or my church? Mm. Your church or my church? And what I mean by that, fellas, is that when you come together, you know, typically, unless you meet in the church, you know, uh, most of us don't meet our future brides in the church. Some of us do, most of us don't. So when it comes to that uh, combination, um, you know, combining, you know, those two factions, your church or my church, what, how, did, how, did, how does that work out? How did, how did that play out in your, in your uh, relationship and your marriage? Probably that is absolutely amazing. We, we were with a couple that literally she goes to her church and he goes to his and I mean that is seeds for destruction. Yep. You know, um, you know, they, there has to be an agreement that we are going to worship together because you can't have two leaders and and going in two different directions. You know, mm-hmm. um, my my opinion simply is that um, if you know if if both of you can't agree, you know, that well they're going to go here, going there. You know, the the worst thing to do is she goes to her church and you go to her, you go to yours. Uh, you need to come to and say, okay, we'll find a different church. But both of you need to be worshiping together. Um, I truly believe that the woman needs to come under spiritual submission, and 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 come under where where the the husband who's being fed, um, you know, spiritually she needs to be. That's my opinion. But you need to be in the same place. Amen. Anybody else? Your church. I, 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 my man. I, I mean, this. You know, me, me, and, me and Andrew. We we go back and forth sometimes, but I I really agree with him on that because um because my my mom and my dad got a divorce after 19 years of going through uh, going to separate churches, and they were getting two separate feedings and and you know um they would one time uh, and I, I and I put this in my book as well they had actually had the same title, the same subject in their two different churches, but one was uh, communicating to a crowd of majority single people, and the other was communicating the same subject 
to a, a marital crowd. But it was the same thing going over. Hello? Hello. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I hear a big old echo. Okay, but and and when they came together and they talked about what they had to go to um um when they were talking about what they learned in church that day, they they end up arguing because they were debating whose pastor was correct. And I'm like, well, why didn't y'all just go to the same church? And 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 y'all wouldn't have to have this argument when y'all come to talk about the word. It will be an agreement. It won't be on based on who's and a pastor. They they teach their congregation according to the problems that's going on in their church and the ma- ma- majority of the things that's surrounding in their congregation. And with two different pastors, with two different congregations going on, it, it's it's that separation right there. Even though they got the same goal, they're just trying to teach to the majority of the So Andrew, I agree with him 100%. You know, they they need to be in the same church because that that can that can grow a lot of bitterness in the marriage, and then that 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 keeps the household um, unequal. So if you go to a different church, the household will be unequal. It it can evolve to inequality. It, it, it evolves into you know a competition almost. It evolves into um, separation. I just seen, and it just so happened, it just buckled at 19 years. I mean, it just buckled, and it started with their church homes. He was speaking to mostly a crowd of independent women. My mom's church was, and that's why mostly women went there. He was empowering women, but he was talking about marriage to a a congregation of empowered women. And my dad's church was talking to a, a congregation of you know, husbands running the household and wives submit to your husbands. So those two different sermons were completely different, even though they were both talking about Corinthians, whatever it was, or Ephesians or whatever it was. It was two different, completely different sermons. So which would be more detrimental, a married couple going to two separate churches or a married couple not going to church at all? Mm. Mm. Wow. I'm just saying. But it came off the top rope with that, Tony. What I mean? What, 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 what are you top rope with that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> can you restate that, please? Because that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of damn man down over here. Uh, can you restate Is it man down? Is it man down? What, yeah. what would be more detrimental? A married couple going to two separate churches or a married couple not going to church at all? I think they both equally detrimental because you're not getting fed uh, in if neither one of you are going to church, and then getting fed two different things to make to to have a contrast in your household. And you got you might got a shot if both of y'all went to church in two separate church, churches, but you ain't got a shot at all if you're going to if you're not going at all. I mean, you're not going at all. But but okay now. I don't know if I agree with that. I was about to change it, Tony. I was about to change it because I believe in the household as long as everything, everybody is in agreement. And, in agreement, that's right. If they're communicating and if they're on the same page, then that's absolutely okay. But as soon as, as soon as the man is in trouble and he needs some help and he don't know where to turn to, that's when you know you take that risk of always 
got one one foot on the ice and another one on the banana peel type thing because he don't have no support because he's not used to going to God and you know what I mean. So it's like that's shaky. But yeah, you're taking a risk that, either way. Yeah, and I like that question. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that both could be uh, detrimental in different ways. Um, but I want to step back and, and re-ask my question, uh, and, and and not necessarily the, you know, going out the door to two different churches on Sunday morning. I want to re-ask my question, your church or my church, when it comes to uh, worship style. And I say that because the church that I go to, that, that T-Hawk and Andrew goes to, um, honestly, fellas, that's not my style. It's my wife's style. It's the style of, of, of worship that she grew up in. I grew up in Baptist, and, um, you know, so the church that we go to today is not my style. However, I love it. Sure. And the only reason that we are there is because I humble myself in, in, in so many words, and I say, you know what? This, I mean, she likes, she loves it. Let me just try, you know, and just, you know, just go with it. Go, go with her style, you know. So I, I re-asked that question. That you know, that's my situation. Where your church or my church? And we ended up when I, in our first marriage, we, we we started going to more my style. Um, you know, but it came to a point in our marriage that neither one of us were getting fed. I think someone mentioned, you know, about being fed, where neither one of us were getting fed, and we would, you know, roll over on Sunday morning and be like, you know, at one point, unfortunately, like, you going to church today, and what are we going to do? And it's like, nah, you know, then we roll back over and go to sleep. So, you know, a few few months of that, you know, we had to, we realized that we had to do something different. So, again, we started off, you know, she deferred to me, you know, and, and we went to, to my style, and, uh, you know, it was fine. And then over the years, we just got to a point where we sort of hit a ceiling with that church. So we, both of us were looking for different opportunities. And at that time, fellas, that's when, you know, I decided I need to, I need to cater to her, you know, in this area more. I need to make sure that she's uh, spiritually fed. And thankfully, it's worked out again. Initially, I was like, this is not my style. However, today, I'm very active in the church, y'all know, and um, I love it. My kids love it, and uh, actually my kids get upset if, you know, daddy's tired or mama's tired, and we're like, we ain't going to church tonight. So they they get they literally get upset with me, and it's like, come on, come on, y'all, y'all need it. You know, we're we going to church tonight, and they, you know, so, they, I mean, they love it. whole family loves it, but, again, question back on the table when it comes to worship style, your church or my church, when it comes to worship style, your church or my church, what did you decide? Whose quote-unquote style, um, if there was a difference where you had to make that decision? Yeah, that's, 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 that's something that uh, I'm kind of dealing with right now. And um, it's very interesting that you ask that question. Um, because because it, it it's a huge part in your worship, I believe. Um, when you go to, you know, it's just like some of us no longer go to the nightclub to dance. Some of us no longer go out and party like we used to. You know what I mean? So you need that, you know. And if you can dance to the Lord, that's even better. If you can get somewhere where 
you know what I mean? The worship song, the prison worship is something that gets your 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 juices going. And the word is something that talks to you. When you can identify with what with with what the pastor is talking about and it moves you. You see what I'm saying? And if you're sitting in a situation where that's not happening, then I think it's time to reevaluate where you go worship. Mm-hmm. Um, good topic. My name is Dwayne. Um, sure. Good topic. I'm glad to hear men talking about this. I've been married for 31 years. and so, Praise God, brother. Exactly. Uh, the title of your of your show is very uh, foundational to, you know, marriage. Your money, my money, your bills, my bills, even your church, my church, your worship, your style, my style. I think the sure. key to all of this is, uh, and if you're opening the door to deal with it from a spiritual, biblical perspective, we are. Uh, the scripture talks about the two shall become one. So if you're going to take that literally, there is no such thing as your bill, my bill. It's our bill. Yep. It's like if, if you play ball, I missed the shot, but we still lost the game. So you're going to blame me that I missed the shot, but both of us still got an L in the column. Mm. So it's our, and if you focus the you know your mind on that, uh, underlying principle that can help you make just about any decision because one of the decis- one of the ways that I you know we make decisions in our house is what's best for us and so mm. I think that will be the key to help in making you know the decision of your bill my bill or uh, your church my church and then the scripture in Amos talks about can two walk together unless they be agreed. And the word agreed there in the original language means going in the same direction. So if you get a picture of how can literally you can't walk if you're going left and I'm going right, we can't walk together because we have to be going in the same direction. So the idea of partnership um, is what has always helped us, partnership and prayer and, you know, um, that idea permeating, you know, everything, help us make the decisions that way. Can't say, well, you always calling the shots. Well, I'm going to, you know, we can't do that because all the shots will not necessarily be called in my favor because mm-hmm. that's not what's always going to be best for us. It might be what I want, but, you know, I, you can't stay married 31 years doing what you want. <laughs> so that's amazing what, what you just said. Um, I've been on a bowling team for many years, and there's five members on the team. And we always said, look, we win as a team, we lose as a team. It's not about what you didn't do, what I didn't do. At the end of the day, we either win or we lose. And if we win, we win. We won because we were a team. We lost because we were a team. It's not your fault or my fault. Yeah, exactly. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew that's good. But the fact of the matter is you still miss the shot. And a lot of times we say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times we say that and we feel that and we want to believe that. But now you got to deal with the fact that, okay, we're on the same team, but you still missed the shot. And I may forgive you now, but somewhere that shot that you missed in marriage, it may come up when you least expect it. Because now, okay, we got past it, you know, and I think that that's the struggle that we have a lot of times with dealing with marriage. We say we forgive, but we just don't forget. Well, in, in, in most games, um, you all have played, many of you all have played ball, I've played ball. In most games, 
one shot is really not the determining factor of the game no. in most games. Now, some come down to the last shot, but, okay, the last shot at the buzzer. But if you had made those three shots in the second quarter, we wouldn't be here if I had right. gotten a rebound and passed you the ball. So very seldom does it come down to literally one shot. That's and, exactly right, because, you know, I may miss a 10-pin in the third frame, and because you missed a 5-pin in the 10th, it ain't your fault that we lost. We lost as a team. I could have made the, the shot in the third frame. Exactly, exactly. And the idea of forgiveness is key. And sometimes, you know, in um, what my friend calls intense fellowship, some people call them arguments, in those <laughs> things we uh, – the like problem that. is sometimes not only do we get hysterical, but we tend to get historical. Yep. We tend to, you remember that time? And that's the key. We have to learn how to uh, do like Teddy Pendergrass said. I think I better let it go. Looks like yeah, another yeah, love yeah. TKO. And well, see, so we'll never forget. Okay, there's no such thing as forgive and forget. We can forgive and remember, but we don't have to throw it at each other. You're never going to forget it. stuff. That's but you it. can't yeah. use it as a weapon. Yeah, that's that's true. Not using it as a weapon, not bringing up remember that time because you're still holding it uh, holding it against me. And so, if you're still holding it against me, we can never get past it. We're in the playoffs, and you're still talking about a shot I missed second game of the season. Right. Because now we don't have a perfect record, but we're still in the playoffs, man. So let it go. And so that's what we have to learn how to do. And that's part of uh, the work of marriage. And if I can, if you would allow me uh, to make a plug for a book I wrote about marriage. Go ahead, bro. May I? Go ahead, uh, bro. It's called, it's called Some Things to Know About Marriage Before You Have a Wedding and After Two. And in that, we talk about the work that it takes. And uh, there's a chapter called It's Worth It, But It's Work. And that's part of the work, learning how to let it go. That's part of the work, learning how to come together and say, okay, it's yours or mine. It's not yours or mine. It's ours. And this understanding brother needs to come that. to our conference. Yeah, where you? Yeah, and, yeah, where you at, brother? We are having a conference in, uh, in this month. Hope you hope you in the uh, DMV area. Oh, I'm in Compton, California. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And just, you know, just dealing with that from the practical perspective, uh, you know, of, you know, dealing with it. And oftentimes in making the decision about turning from yours and mine, that's the part of, you know, getting married, being married, that you have to be prepared for and not just ready. Uh, oftentimes I tell a story that my wife and I get ready to go someplace, and I say, okay, are you ready? And she says, Yes, all I have to do is, and so when I, was, when I was young and stupid in my marriage, I'd say, well, if you got to do something, you ain't ready. But then I discovered there's a difference between being ready and being prepared. Many people are ready to be married, but they're not prepared for it. And that's funny you say that, brother, because we did a, a show uh, this year. Um, did you plan your marriage before you plan your wedding? Right. Hmm. And most people yeah. don't. That's yeah, exactly people, right. You know, most people don't. And more so. time planning the wedding than they do with the marriage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A ceremony that lasts two hours, right. they put more into that than a relationship they say they want to last for a lifetime. Right. You know, I'm, and so. May, especially the women. You well, know, once you ask them to marry you, 
all everything else goes out the window, and they their whole next year focus is on, you know, the the ten minute I do. That's why it's important to prepare before and understand certain things about you know, so you won't find out later on in certain things and get upset about it, you know. Two years down the line, you come to discover that Reggie is a slob. Well, Reggie was always a slob. You just were so in love, you didn't pay attention to it. Or, <laughs> you, know, you find out that Shaniqua can't cook. Well, she never could cook. That's why her mama was always at the house when you went over there. But you just so, she was just so fine, you let it go. But you got to deal with that stuff before. I mean, if cooking is important to you, it may not be, but whatever it is important to you. We had a couple come up to up to us um, after class on Sunday that that want to get married and want some premarital counseling. And I said, "Have you set the date?" They said, "No, not yet." I said, "Great, don't set the date." Okay. They said, "Why?" Because if you set the date, you're going to get married. Right. Okay. Because you've told everybody, you sent out the invitations. It doesn't matter what comes out in the counseling. If you that's, accept the date, you're going to get married. That's unfortunately true. Uh, I'm also a, not, yeah, I'm also a minister, not, so I don't marry people that under certain circumstances. Yeah. And so sometimes people just, will you get married? Will you marry me? Yes, I'll marry you. But there, there still needs to be, you know, some conditions, some parameters, you, you got know, that to, right. to this. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes people don't uh, focus on that. And the topic that you chose is so important because people go into it with the idea of me and you. But and, for and real, they, you have to give have up no the me for me. How important those finances are. And oh all of a sudden, we're in two different camps, okay? And this is mine and that's yours. And, and it's not my responsibility. You know, this topic came about literally because of a couple that's going through, and I don't know if, if Tony or Roddy want to talk about it, that are literally going through this at this moment to establish that's, people. That's why you have to have some a system. Systems work. Principles work. Whatever it is, okay, you put, the bills are 5000 you put in three, or you put in two, I put in three, or we put all of it in or whatever the case may be. In our house, the way we set it up, all of my money is our money. Half of my wife's money is our money. That may not work for other people, but that works for us. So you have to set up a system that works for you, and you do need a system of money because the two biggest problems in most marriages are not infidelity, as most people think. It's money and communication. Yep. So it's funny. you've got to deal with it. In my house, uh, I'm just like, okay, i got to go make the donuts. Um, you know, my wife says, okay, I need you to deposit this amount of money in the bill account. Okay. 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 Right, i got to go make the donuts. That's what i got to put in the account. Right. Okay. That's and she disseminates the money, the bills and all that, which I'm so glad for because I hate that. <laughs> which, I'm not kidding. <laughs> right. Well, that, and that's a system that works for you, but whatever yeah, the I, system I, is, I, you need a system. I need you to put $3,000 in the bill account. I need you to put $5,000. Uh, okay, good. I know what I need to do. And everything okay. works out because you got a system. Yeah, you know and then it doesn't do. have to dip in the savings or whatever. And i got to figure out, okay, i got I got $3,300. i got to put in the bill account by the 15th of the month. Great. Well, one of the things that does is it, 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 it brings order, and, you know, again, Scripture says that all things be done decent and in order, and the word order in that text means regular arrangement. 
So it, it causes things to be in order, but also it eliminates some discussions that you really don't need to have. You know, like I need to go buy a purse and I need $400. Now, I'm not going to understand why you need to spend $400 on a purse. I got the same wallet I've been having for 10 years. I'm not going to understand that. So we don't need to have that discussion. And you didn't pay $400 for it either. I didn't pay $400. I didn't pay $40 for it. And so... It eliminates some discussions. You go buy as many purses as you want, baby, because you already put, in in my scenario, you already put the house money in the house account. What did you do with the rest? It's fine. She's not going to understand if I, if I don't play fantasy football, but if I did, you spending money on a fake game? I don't understand that, sweetheart. Well, you don't need to understand it because we don't have to deal with that. So you know, it eliminates my wife will send me an email literally with the dollar and penny amount of every bill, and at the bottom she says, this is the amount you need to put in. I have never looked at what the amount's on on the bills. I only okay. look at the bottom line amount. Because <laughs> <laughs> evidently it don't matter. It's working. <laughs> it's working. But, uh, you know, to me, Details don't matter because it doesn't matter. I know I don't care if the electric bill is whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You, I know what the amount paid. is. Are the, yeah, are the I lights still on? <laughs> right. Huh? Yeah, are the, are the lights, lights still on? I don't care what it was. Are the lights still on? Okay. Yes, right. dear. I love you. That, that's it. But that's about order. That's about having a system, and that's about communicating that before we get married. And the, you know, oftentimes, well, most of the time, people don't communicate about it. You know, we. You know, and, you know, we need to talk more. Guys need to talk more. We need to say, okay, this is what I expect. You know, what do you expect of me? Okay, this is what I like. Okay, every third Friday I want to go hang out with the boys, to um, do whatever I do, play cards, talk loud, or whatever I do. But that's what I've been doing. So do you have a problem with that, dear? She has a problem with it. Can we find some compromise? I won't do it every month. Let's do it every other month. You got a problem with that? No. Okay, fine. Well, we communicated. We talked about it. So it won't be a surprise eight months into the marriage. Okay, you always go over here all this time. Well, yeah, that's well. I didn't know that. Da, 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 da. Well, we didn't talk about it. So communication, we don't, we don't talk enough. We just figure, well, you're supposed to know. How am I supposed to know if you don't tell me? That's right. That's right. That's the, pro- that's the biggest problem, communication. That's right. You said it. You hit a nail on the head. And I got to... You know, I'm going to flip this thing over to what we do. It's uh, open mic. You know, this was great, fellas. Uh, we got uh, 30 more minutes, and uh, we'll just free flow it for open mic. But I have to say this. Um, I got a note from one of our uh, top female listeners. Um, I get notes from all different angles while we're doing the show. Um, and women really like to listen to the show. And I, I just got to tell you all this because, I mean, y'all, y'all deserve kudos uh, for what we've accomplished here uh, tonight. And and she says this, and I quote, the men on tonight's show have made me reevaluate my whole situation. Now, I don't know what this woman's situation is, but it is a situation. Mm. And back to what Mr. Solution said, it's all about, what we do here is all about awareness. That's it. You know, people go into things, we go into things unaware, unaware. And and for this woman, this lady to say, the men on the show tonight have made me reevaluate my whole situation. That's powerful. Wow. I mean that that's I mean that that, that that's powerful to me because I mean you don't 
if if you if y'all only knew, you know what we knew on how this thing is really run on a shoestring behind the scenes, right, Tony? Right, <laughs> no doubt. Especially you know, tonight. Yeah, especially tonight. Especially tonight. So, but uh, just wanted to give y'all kudos and uh, don't go nowhere. I'm gonna flip you guys over to open mic. Um, don't. man and you've got to lift that out and talk about that because women yes, want sex women are actually more sexual women are more sexual than men hey gotta hold you there mr host i gotta shut this down catch, catch us next week